You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go! Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. You're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. Welcome back, friends. We are here with Chris, a former cast member that worked at the Magic Kingdom for only 30 days, Dave. How does that even happen? I don't know. He worked at the happiest place on earth, and he turned his back. Job like that, you never let it go. I know. So let's hear from the man. Give him a round of applause. Hey, Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm not crazy. (laughs) I think you're crazy, Chris. All right. So, Chris, you know, you worked at the Magic Kingdom for about uh, 30 days. Go ahead and... Tell us your story as to how did you make your way down to the Magic Kingdom? What what started this for you? Uh, moved down to uh, Florida. I was uh, in the uh, mortgage broker business. Uh, this is getting into 0203, back when the refi boom was kicking. And uh, that involved uh, making one of the craziest decisions I ever made. Uh, and that was to uh, move to Florida. Figured the best way to handle that is to move a thousand miles away and live right near Mickey Mouse. So, there it is. Uh, I ended up uh, taking the Florida uh, board for uh, the broker license, and uh, business was very, very slow down there because I had no contacts, I had no real estate agents, I didn't have any uh, past refi clients that I had uh, in the St. Louis area. I have no friends. I friends friends follow me wherever I go. So anyway. So I when you it. went down there, were you looking to disguise yourself in one of the costume characters? Is that what your original plan was? No, the plan was to never work there at all. In fact, uh, it was so surreal to uh, to to move down there and um, to literally live five minutes from the main entrance uh, off of I four um, into the to the main heart of the uh, of the parks was very surreal um, to see Disney signs literally off West Earlo Bronson um, Highway is the main highway that kind of runs uh, uh, at the base of all the uh, park property. It literally goes from, uh, you know, east to west. And um, Interstate 4 goes north and south. So you kind of hit uh, Interstate 4 and you, you hit this main artery that gets you into uh, um traveling uh onto disney property and uh and ultimately to uh, the different parks so um it was very surreal to be able to uh you know when we moved down there the daycare that we ended up using was on disney property behind magic kingdom there's actually a kinder care behind space mountain so imagine going from st louis mo home of uh, <laughs> budweiser uh, and uh and, and now driving through the parking gate with my little sticker waving at the uh, at the staff as we go through, where you literally park in Magic Kingdom, there was a service road that I would take that would get me behind Space Mountain, where I would drop my daughter off at uh, Kinder Care every morning on my way to work uh, downtown in Orlando. 
So it was a very surreal deal. That's got to be about every kid's dream to get dropped off inside of Magic Kingdom property. I mean, I imagine the workers there probably didn't have to do too much. (laughs) Everything was entertaining in its own being right there. Well, and in all reality, too, it it really was cool because as a kid growing up, you know, I was, uh, you know, born in uh, San Diego. So everybody's been up to Anaheim and seen the original. And uh, I got to admit, of the two, I like the original. Um, I've always uh, enjoyed uh, the park in Anaheim, Disneyland itself. Um, has been a uh, a memory for me as a kid growing up, but you know it w- it was cool to you know hey you know who drives to Disneyland on their way to work you know every morning it was just a, a like I said it was a very surreal um, experience that didn't uh, ever seem to you know hit home that we were living there it almost felt like an, an eternal vacation which was weird. But uh, things get real, and uh, when you've got no clientele and no loans to write, uh, financially things get very real very quick. And, yeah, and how many uh, people could actually say that they lived within an hour or so of both of the, of the uh, Disney parks? It's something you can claim. Yeah, it's uh, I, yeah, I guess so. I've never really thought about it like that. But um, the uh, the Disney uh, Disney World uh, setup is obviously on a much larger scale in uh, South or Central Florida. Um, there are a lot of cool parks there. We were fortunate, uh, to, uh my wife at the time had, uh, worked at one of the, uh, hotels locally and, uh, they had actually provided, uh, the parks had provided passes for all the employees because what they want to do is they ultimately want all the employees to go and experience all the different parks that are out there so that they can help, um, you know, provide that extra, I guess, magic, if you will, for guests the minute they show up at the hotels before they even hit the park they want uh, the employees of the surrounding hotels to be able to provide as much information about uh, their own experiences with the guests that come in so I think Disney is trying to um, ultimately start the experience before they even get to the park get on a tram you know uh, which I thought was cool but we did get a chance to experience all those parks for free I will say Including the water parks, they do have two water parks down there that were, that were you know, pretty cool experience. But, um, you know, the the getting to the uh, getting to the financial part of things, things, uh, you know, I was uh, I had done very well for myself in St. Louis and uh, was unfortunately living on savings, and savings only goes so long. And um, you know, when you're paying for a mortgage and cars and and all that stuff, you uh, you know, you, you don't plan on retiring at 28, so. Um, by that uh, Christmas, uh, I was uh, getting concerned at that point and uh, wanted to uh, start a job hunt. I needed to get uh, something, whether it was waiting tables or uh, something, to start, uh, you know, bringing uh, some additional income in to offset uh, what was going on while I was trying to build a mortgage business. But the uh, the only thing that I could get a response back on, which was absolutely amazing, was uh, Disney. Disney called. And uh, I, I can't remember what uh, what building I went to, but I ended up uh, filling out the application. Um, you know, I was ended up uh, I was called back for a second interview. I will say they are extremely professional the way they do things. They uh, they don't fool around. But um, I was kind of jaded going into that position. You know, I uh, uh, obviously it was not what I wanted to be doing. You know, as right. a, a twenty eight year old father and husband. Um, you know, the position that I was being offered was not a managerial or a corporate or say an executive type of a position. I was 
working frontline, more of a uh, younger person, uh, you know, uh, teenager, kind of a the equivalent of working at McDonald's, if you will. Okay. Right. So I was going to ask, when you went into those interviews, did they tell you up front, this is what you're interviewing for? Or did they say, we have several possibilities and we'll see which one fits you best? Well, no, they, they told me that uh, it was it was definitely going to be uh, in Magic Kingdom. There were several restaurants that they were trying to staff. And I really didn't have much, you know, much uh, choice at that point. I had uh, I had to do something. And, right. um, you know, so, you know, part of you is thinking, well, you know, what the heck? You can always say you worked at Disney World, but, uh, um, you know, it wasn't feeling like uh, I just won the Super Bowl. I'll promise you that. So, um, it so, was, so walk us into your experience, like after you were hired and went into the process of, of finding out what you were going to do, how did that whole process take place? Right. It was very... Um, the uh, as most of most everybody that's listening knows, there's uh, you know the behind the scenes. They consider um, Disney all the cat. There, everybody's a cast member. You're not an employee. You're you know you're part of the magic. So when you're in the park, when you are, um, when you are uh, in the park, when you're on stage. I mean, there's you're either on stage or you're not. So at any time, as an employee of the park, you are. The, the lights are on and, and uh, you know, the camera's rolling. So um, your job, uh, you know, was to uh, to make, it, you know, every experience for every guest of the park as magical as possible, whether it's, uh, you know, replacing an ice cream cone that a kid dropped or, uh, you know, whatever, uh, whatever may come, whatever may come that, you know, somebody's down and you got to turn the frown upside down. So Right. <laughs> um, that was that was our job, but the the training was for I believe it was called Main Streets Main Street Foods West. It was a little ice cream parlor, and um, the uh, training all takes place down below. There's a giant core set of corridors. It's called the Hub. It's a, a giant uh, looks like a giant wagon wheel with uh, you know main uh, uh, giant you know hallways, big corridors that all come to this center hub, and they all branch out to different areas of the park. And everything's mapped out, and they've got all the uh, that's it's kind of like a giant break room for the entire uh, park staff. So when you're down in the hub, you'll see uh, character actors that are you know in partial dress or uh, in full dress, ready to go out to make an appearance, or uh, you know maybe. You know, something as simple as, as watching uh, Cinderella smoke a cigarette before she hits uh, before she hits stage. Um, Did you ever get lost down there? Uh, I didn't really have the opportunity to because uh, during the training, you are it, it almost seemed like you're relatively guarded, like you are uh, not to be trusted on your own until uh, uh, until you seem to have a handle on things. The training went for I guess about a week, and there uh, were different. Uh, there was a lot of uh, there was some uh, classroom time. There was a lot of uh, policy, and uh, um, I don't, I don't. I guess I, 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 t- <laughs> I tell Nick that it's uh, brainwashing. They're, they start uh, the IV cool, the Kool Aid IV uh, <laughs> as quickly as possible, so that you're nice and numb by the time you uh, get up there. So and, I uh, had the I had the chance to go down there myself not too long ago, and. Uh, so saw some pretty crazy things for myself, and I was only there one day. So talk to us about like you you mentioned Cinderella smoking a cigarette. Like one of the coolest things I got to do was to actually eat lunch in the uh, in the cast members cafeteria, 
totally looked out of place. But, you know, I look to my left and there's the guys from PhotoPass. And I look to my right and the, there's everyone in the in the uh, Haunted Mansion get up or the right. Tomorrowland get up. Uh, what kind of I, I, I walk by this one room and I notice that there's just shelves and shelves of character heads yeah, sitting on the I mean, shelves. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I was really just trying to uh, majority of the time I, I found a spot and that's where I went to and from. It was literally for me. Uh, being kind of in a jaded position, I just wanted to get through each uh, each shift or session, if you will. Um, you know, always hoping that it'll get better, or maybe uh, you know, maybe maybe you'll enjoy it today, Chris. And uh, right, uh, you know, it just never worked out that way. I was uh, a relatively defeated guy at that point. You know, I'm I'm trying to build uh, a you know a business all over again with the stress of. Uh, you know, living on savings and, and having a one-year-old at home. And, you know, my ex-wife, you know, was maybe making uh, seven, eight bucks an hour, which just doesn't cut it, ladies. It doesn't doesn't cut it. That's just so you guys know. <laughs> so, you know, good luck if McDonald's does your $15 an hour. But until then, you know, seven bucks, eight bucks an hour is not helping out. So, um, you know, I... I I, I think uh, I think they'd offer me uh, ten or eleven an hour, and uh, you know it was it's it was not anywhere near what I was used to. So um, you know it was just kind of like okay, I'll just I'll I'll play this out. But uh, ultimately, uh, by by about the uh, I think I'd been up there about three weeks, and I had just finally had enough. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I right. doing? You know, there the uh, what's up? So. Let me ask you this: Did did you not truly just conform to the Disney way, or did you kind of clash with your with your boss, or while you're in training, did, did were you not meeting status quo as far as thinking the Disney way? No, the uh, Disney way can be faked very easily in three simple steps. I'm going to have a uh, separate seminar on that for anyone interested in uh, learning how <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to to get through the uh, the training session and have everyone fooled all at the same time, but. You know, there were, you know, you and I talked about that before. One of the uh, the things that they do is uh, pointing. Whenever someone asks for directions, you know, they use two finger. Uh, there, the uh, thinking behind that is is that uh, using one finger tends to be more forceful. It can be uh, construed the wrong way, and so you know, it's all about um, you know coming up across as friendly and and uh, appropriately as possible when you're when you're gesturing to uh cut to uh, guests in the park now chris you know uh i heard a, a story about walt disney as far as you know he was always captured uh, using two fingers when he was directing people throughout the park himself he actually had a cigarette in between his fingers and they were even photoshopped back then because um, we all know you know walt disney himself was a heavy smoker uh did they Discuss that at all as to, you know, hey, this is why we want you to point two fingers because Walt Disney did. Did anyone bring up, oh, yeah, but he was a smoker. That's why he used two fingers. Or was it just because it was a sign of disrespect if you used one? Um, I think it was more of a sign of disrespect if you used one. They want to they want to portray a particular um, – they want, they want to portray the staff and the employees as um, almost like a, a waiter in a restaurant – the really good ones you don't ever notice are there. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if you don't have to ask to refill your drink, or if you don't have to ask, uh, uh, you know, for anything in particular, you they they really um, 
want you to be focused on the guests, uh, be able to almost anticipate uh, a need that's going to arise or see that someone's about to have an issue and you can step in and save the day. So um, there is a, a particular um, uh, personification that they want to to offer their guests, and, and it extends all the way down from the characters to um, you know, the guy sweeping up, uh, you know, trash on the street. So Chris, can you, you know, take our listeners through the process of what actually led up to you leaving Walt Disney world? Was it a series of events that kind of built up and got to a point where, you know, you held it all in and then finally it just boiled over and you couldn't take anymore and you just decided to quit or, or how did that work out? Well, in retrospect, I, I, I wish I could take it back and have handled it uh, a little bit differently. But um, as a uh, young man trying to make his way in the world and feeling defeated uh, on a regular basis and ultimately working in an ice cream shop at 28 years old with a with a wife and daughter at home and no real way to uh, continue supporting the family, which, you know, most men feel is their job. Um, I happen to have a, uh, a uh, particular manager. Um, who uh, was very good at micromanaging, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, very um, had it had it uh, the way she wanted it. It was uh, it was like a little Burger King ice cream shop. Uh, she was going to have it her way, and uh, she made it uh, very clear. So um, there was not much more I could take. I, I realized that this was going nowhere fast for me. I certainly wasn't on the fast track to twelve bucks an hour. So I uh, I decided to. Uh, uh, take matters into my own hands and make a, a final decision. And uh, I topped it with a cherry, if you will. I um, I threw down my. Uh, you no, know, she had she had made some comment to me, I, and again, I don't even recall what the uh, what the uh, argument was over. But um, I was at the end of the counter, and um, she made some kind of a look after she had stated something to me. And at that point, I I, I disrobed the. Uh, I took my. Uh, we had a, uh, what do you call it, an apron. It was like a, a cloth apron. Took the apron off, tossed it, and, uh, you know, I had my um, had my six shooters out. I had my two fingers pointed, and I, I uh, as she turned to me, I said, I tell you what, you, you can take these two fingers, subtract one, and there you go. You know, so I basically, I basically flicked, flicked her off with, uh, with both fingers, and... Uh, <laughs> appropriately uh took the name tag off and and threw it on the counter and uh i think it got her a little more upset because there were a couple of uh customers that were right there that that absolutely chuckled at it they and they seemed to get it right away um so you know with that i um headed on out i headed in fact i uh i didn't head back through the uh uh through the the main entrance uh towards the end of the back of the building there's a, um, a door um, set of stairs, and, and you start making your way down to the hub. I ended up uh, I ended up walking to the front of the park. I walked right down Main Street, and uh, I headed out uh, headed out the uh, the exit there in the front, and was promptly met with uh, um, some uh, uh, assistance with uh, security personnel <laughs> in the uh, parking lot, and uh, was. Uh, politely escorted uh, over to the employee parking area where uh, my magic ended and uh, so did my employment with Disney. 
So what you're telling us, you know, Dave and I have this dream of one day working in the park. Um, something tells me, Dave, we're not going to be able to use Chris as a reference. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh, that was my next question was, is he allowed back in the park? Right. Oh, I kind of want to know how the, you know, Disney Secret Service kind of handled them. I mean, where they're like, come here, pal. You know, let's let's talk about this. Oh, oh, oh that's good. That's good. That's awesome. <laughs> No, I don't. Uh, I, I'm not a. I'm not a domestic uh, Disney terrorist or anything like that. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't think I ended things that badly. But I, you know, again, I was. I was a young man. I was upset, and I, you know, I. I certainly could have handled my exit much better than that. But somewhere, and they're such a. They're such a big company. I'm sure that they're. That you're not the first person that actually did something I, like I'm that. Sure, I'm sure there's I'm been sure much worse. Not. I mean, it was. Uh, it was at a time where they were hiring seasonal. I. I probably wouldn't have even been there by. Uh, you know, by March anyway. So, um, you know, it was just a, a weird moment in my uh, weird past. And, uh, you know, it uh, drove me to, to uh, dealing guns now. So now I'm uh, <laughs> now I'm a full time gun dealer. Whoa, and, uh, you know, Disney can uh, can come down and, and check out the shop. Now, when you when you when you say full time gun dealer, what are you talking about? Are we trading to like China and Yemen or what do you mean? No, 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 no. This is all all domestic. I uh, I have a uh, online gun shop. I get my uh, my uh, firearms license uh, with the ATF, and uh, we do class three NFA stuff. You know, if you ever want to shoot full auto, come see me. What's your business called, Chris? I gotta ask. Uh, it's a website called rightwingtactical.com. <laughs> Riflesformickey.com. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Walt uh, Walt, if he was still here, would uh, would love the store. I had to uh, I had to focus my magic uh, somewhere else. <laughs> That's a great story, Chris. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, uh, Dave. I'm I'm perplexed because you know we had a guy who had it all and he decided to leave, and, and the way that he left, I gotta say it was quite comical. Yeah, I gotta tell you, if I uh, if I do hit my retirement job and I'm down there serving ice cream, I probably would be in the same boat as Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for something a little more myself. Thanks for sharing, Chris. I, you know, I think, uh, you know, if Olaf was here, he'd give you a warm hug. Hi, you know? everyone. I'm Olaf, and I like warm hugs. Oh, it's my pleasure, Nick and Dave. Oh, <laughs> thanks for having me on today. Now, they had to teach you that. They had to teach you that. Uh, he, he did a pretty good job there, Dave. Maybe, maybe he should reapply and be Mickey. I think we need a new intro. <laughs> my undies are just a little too tight. <laughs> well, thanks again, Crazy Chris, for coming in and talking with us. You have a great story. Dave, you know, I really enjoyed just sitting down and chatting with Chris tonight. He had a pretty interesting story. Yeah, Nick, it was pretty interesting to hear somebody that uh, didn't feel that magic when they started to work and just realized that, that not everybody does. Yeah, it was awesome. Friends, coming up next week, we're going to be talking about the meal plans with Disney and how there's so much food that you can consume on your Disney vacation, that is just completely overwhelming. If you're like me, the food is just as important as the vacation. So please listen to us next week. You can always contact us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Give us a tweet at mousecapadespod. Or you can text us with your listener questions or experiences at 407-674-0414. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, for your Android folks. And you can also catch us on Stitcher Radio. 
That's right, folks. Don't forget to send us your texts and emails with your favorite places to eat and your favorite entrees at all of your favorite Disney resorts, parks, and restaurants. Don't forget to leave us positive feedback on iTunes. We need all that positive feedback to gain listeners, so we appreciate your support. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast, brought to you by our friends at TheMagicalMouse.com. Be our guest, put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. At MousecapadesPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.